what that accountability looks like. When you are choosing a coach, when you choose coaching, it's you're inviting accountability into your life. Yes. And when accountability is invited, it's incredibly powerful, right? They so invite right. it though. They have to invite it. And so it's got to yeah. be the child's decision or the salesperson, mm -hmm. manager's decision. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But people often wonder, why does the accountability work so much better with a coach? And that's it. It's because they invited it in. Like a yeah. personal trainer, when you get to the point where you realize you need that in the gym, yeah. it's invited. Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us Adam Outman. Welcome to our show, Adam. Thank you. Appreciate being here. You are an elite level coach and partner for Southwestern Consulting and a youth coach focused on developing the next generation as a supporter of the Kindness for Kids Foundation. Amazing work, Adam. Yeah. Grateful uh, to have you, you on the show. Yeah. Appreciative to be here. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. So how did, when did you get into coaching? I got into coaching about a decade ago oh. with Southwestern Consulting. Mm -hmm. I've been with our family of companies since I was 18 years old, actually, which is unique for, I think, most people to stay with a company, start with a company yeah. when you're 18 and then stay with a company that long. But I found Southwestern Consulting, one of our, one of the sister companies in the family about a decade ago and love their mission and, and join their team. That's wonderful. Was it something that you had a desire to do growing up to be a coach? No, no. When I was growing up, I wanted to be a lot of things. I think when I was in eighth grade, I was in a car ride with my mom going to somewhere. I think we were doing a road trip to Colorado for some reason. Yeah. And she said, she asked the same, she said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I, I looked at her and I said, I want to be an opera singer. And oh wow, that's not, it wasn't an unusual thing for me to say because both my mom mm. and my dad were opera singers. And oh, amazing. so I just said to her, I, I want to do what you guys do. Duh. And she looked at me and she said, Adam, you haven't, you haven't even tried out for chorus. Like you've never done anything with your voice. Just because we're opera singers doesn't mean that has to be your path. <laughs> on that car ride just helped me. A very powerful and important conversation was she helped me reduce, deduce why I yeah. thought I wanted to be an opera singer. And she said, what about opera do you like? Yeah. And I said, like, you get to yeah. be on stage and you get to influence a room of people and you get to travel. And I mentioned everything about what I saw my parents do in their career other than the actual singing itself. <laughs> And so she said, you want to meet interesting people and you want to travel and you want all those things. There's a million jobs that allow you to do that. It doesn't have to be singing. Mm -hmm. That put me down the road to journalism, which is what I went to college for initially. And then that transformed after an early start in sales to realizing that sales was something I had a knack for. And then that led to sales management, developing other people. And that's where I think coaching came in. So it was a long answer to a short question. But, no, uh, please. This is, this is great that you're giving that much information. That's awesome. Uh, so as a coach, you're specializing in sales coaching? 
Originally, yes. And I still Uh do sales coaching as part of it, but we also coach Uh managers and leaders and executives as well. If there was a specialty to our company, what we have a gift for is the Mm -hmm. sales side of the business. So we -hmm. coach sales managers. At the end of the day, we also coach some operations people. We coach business owners, revenue generating activities Mm -hmm. are something that every physician of a company usually has some Mm -hmm. element of. So we coach everybody but I got my start doing the sales side. Yeah. And it's funny, a lot of coaches don't realize, but coaching is pretty much being a sales professional at the end of the day. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. We actually mm-hmm. encourage that a lot because people think you, you could just tell people what to do, but that's not really coaching. Yeah. Right? No. It's selling someone yeah. on an action that might be mm-hmm. uncomfortable for them. Yeah. So you're right. Mm-hmm. Making it comfortable for them. And it's, uh, it's not really, it's more of a service, right? When you sell something to someone, you're actually helping them achieve something. So you, it's a big service you're doing to them. That's 100% right. Yeah. So as a, as an elite level coach, what do you think the most important skills a leader should develop in today's format of business, where like it's evolving so quickly, right? What are the, some of the skills that they should be focused on? When we're coaching professionals, there's three areas that we subscribe to as the most, the most important to performance. Mm-hmm. And when I say we, I'm just, Southwestern Consulting is, there's yeah. about 12, 13 of us that are partners in the business, and there's about 180 coaches or so in our company. And so it's a pretty, pretty decent sized operation. And so we've coached about 20,000 people year to date and have about 3,500 active clients engaged at any moment. And so what's universal in our coaching is the principles that we coach on. And that's what you just asked, which is what are the things that are, what, what, that we yeah. value or see that's most important. Mm-hmm. The skill bucket is one of three buckets. And inside those okay. skills, we coach on the sales side of the skills. So how to overcome objections mm, when you good. encounter them, how to format a successful approach. People make judgments yeah. the first seven seconds of meeting you. So how do you, yeah. how do you make the most of that first seven seconds and prepare yourself? Yeah. How to ask for referrals, all of it, the whole sales cycle. Yeah. On the mm-hmm. other side of skills, we work on the management skills uh, as well. And that's how to have a crucial conversation with someone. Most people don't, aren't born into the corporate world with the comfort of having critical or crucial mm. conversations and holding people mm. accountable. So there's a skill to that. And if there are things that I think are generally lacking or that we find generally lacking on the sales side, it's just helping people consciously understand the tactic or the approach to any parts of the sales cycle. Because most people that are in sales might just naturally learn something and they, they've forgotten mm-hmm. how they figured out in the first place. So it's reverse engineering mm-hmm. a skill and helping mm-hmm. them Good. understand it more clearly. Understood. And mm-hmm. then on the management side, I think the, it's just personal conferences. We call them PCs for short. There was an organization in a certain, I just want to keep it really general. So one of my clients doesn't feel like I'm calling them out. There, there's a, <laughs> a very large company that I was very surprised to find out that their leadership doesn't have one-on-one meetings with their people. Annual reviews, yes, 
but not like a regular consistent every other week Mm. or once a month or weekly developmental meeting with their team. Mm. And I started to find out that a lot of companies don't build this into their Mm -hmm. culture. And because of that, they, their people hit a brick wall, management's frustrated. So it's just, how do you have an effective one-on-one with someone? And then what consistency Mm -hmm. do you provide that? I think that was a a big missing element for leaders. And do you know what the reason may be for companies not to have that time put aside to do one-on-ones? Yeah, there's a, there's probably a couple of reasons. One, I think being, I was on an airplane from Atlanta back to Houston where I live. And I was sitting down with, with a really good friend of mine and on a napkin on the airplane, he drew something out for me that, that represented this, what we're talking about. He said, really poor companies, poor in the sense that they're inefficient and they're probably not Mm -hmm. generating results. They tend Mm -hmm. to be the companies that focus the most on results, but don't necessarily Mm -hmm. understand the activity metrics that yield results, right? So they push their people to get results over and over again. And so a one-on-one meeting in that culture might be a manager sitting down with you saying, hey, where are your numbers this month? You didn't hit your sales quota, but go do it next month. There's no development. There's no, Mm -hmm. they just, all the manager knows isn't how to teach their person to do it, but just to manage the person and tell them what they're not doing. And so those negative cultures are where there's a lot of pressure mm. on results, but no mm. understanding of the structure of how to generate the results, what, what's in the salesperson's actual control. Mm. And better companies understand, so take, you know, Northwestern Mutual, one of the biggest life insurance companies, they have a system called the Granum system, and it defines the activity metrics to help their life insurance and wealth management reps achieve their goals. So they know if they do X number of appointments and they have an X number of referrals, they'll generate X number of revenue dollars. And so management mm-hmm. in that case holds their team accountable to the things that are controllable, which is setting appointments, going on appointments, asking for referrals. Does that make sense? Yes. And even in entrepreneurship, for example, we tend to put so much focus and attention on the results, on the end result. And that pressure also creates an uneasy feeling in their day-to-day job and their activities that they perform. Absolutely. That's right. It's, it pulls them away from what they're trying to achieve. And they're it, it just that calmness. Once that calmness is out of the picture, it just it, the, the results are not that great, I feel. You, yes, hundred percent. It's poor companies or ineffective companies tend to focus on results without an understanding of the activity. Um, mm. Better companies know that activity precedes results. So they focus on the activity. And then he drew one more, he drew two more lines. He said, before activity, he asked me mm-hmm. the question, he said, Adam, what is it that, what is it that tells a person they're going to do the activity or not? Not everybody does the activity metrics. So how do you determine whether someone is going to do the activity? He said, it's based on something we don't talk about in America a lot. And that's how people feel. Feelings. Mm, Yes. Activity. Right. So personal confidence are missed in a lot of companies Mm. because managers might even understand that they should track activity and that gets resolved. Mm. But those managers Mm. feel like they're on a hamster wheel. Like they, they feel like they're. Yeah. Having to crack the whip every day to get their people to do the job. Yeah. 
And it's because they're missing the element that if they actually focused on the feelings of their team members and empowering and changing that feeling, the activity comes yeah. naturally out of that. Yeah. The feelings are the powerhouse. Yes. For results. Yeah. Sometimes. Or the lack of results, right? The lack of results. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's if someone true. feels underconfident or someone feels insecure yeah. or, or upset um, with management. Yeah. Or they feel worthless or they're not good enough. Yeah. That comes through and mm -hmm. how they communicate with customers. Yeah. Yeah. And the customer picks up on that right away. There's something off. Something is not right. right. Yeah. That's exactly That's right. And then the yeah, very last that arrow are. that he drew was mm -hmm. what precedes how someone feels is what they believe or their thoughts. Mm, their yes. And so the ultimate that we coach our clients on mm -hmm. is at the level of thinking. And we coach mm -hmm. our managers to do the same thing with their teams is you slow down to speed up. You slow down and have an hour mm -hmm. meeting with each of your team members. And maybe you do it offset. Like maybe you, you're doing mm -hmm. it at a coffee shop or you're just taking a walk. The goal of that mm -hmm. PC is to dig into how your reps and your people are thinking at the critical level, how they make decisions with their time, how they manage those emotions. What's their self-talk mm -hmm. like? When you listen to them mm -hmm. report the last few weeks, yeah. are they saying things like, I'm just an idiot or I just, I'm not good at, I'm not good at this. I'm just always, yeah. you know, I'm just someone who's yeah. not good with my time. And you mm -hmm. hear, pick up on these things. If you want to be a transformative leader, you don't just correct the behavior or the action, you correct the thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And the program that we use a big part is that self-image, right? What's the self-image they possess in their deep recesses of their mind? Like, well, how do they look at themselves? That really dictates what kind, how they're performing and how do they feel and how they are with their families and how, they, how much sales yeah. they make. Everything just depends on what is that image within. Yeah, bingo. And I know you're, I'm sure your audience is a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast. Yeah. That was yes. the reason that we, that I started what you're bringing up with thinking and feeling and emotion yeah. is mm. why in 2020, I built the student coaching division of our company was right. because we were working with professionals and executives in their forties and fifties. Yeah. And, yeah. and we're, we're having great results at the same yeah. time. One of the thing I, things I heard over and over again was, man, I wish I knew about self-talk and emotional intelligence mm. when I was in high school. Yes. Gosh, I knew that before yeah. I started my career. It would have been yeah. a game changer. Uh, it's powerhouse. Before my transformation, it was a nightmare. Uh, Adam, I was like, uh, the, waking up, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like to look in the mirror. It came out onto my family, right? I would just say, why the results aren't there? Why all that pressure? I was at focus and not controlling my thoughts and my emotions, my actions. So it was just a vicious circle that a lot of people are suffering from. And there, there is that struggle out there. And I'm so grateful to meet you and hear about this, Adam, because the work that you're doing, I know is getting people like incredible results. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it, it worked so well with professionals. We thought if we could take a teenager, gain trust and yeah. coach a teenager yeah. for a year and equip them with some of these tools, it would, it would make a lasting impression. And mm. so far we've worked mm. with about 250 kids and student coaching. Wonderful. And we've seen really tremendous results in terms of self Amazing. image and ability to manage Amazing. time and social skills. Yeah. So yeah, it's great.
Thank you. Work. That'll keep going. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. But they have to want that help too, right? It's not something that can be forced on anyone. These students, these kids, these teenagers, the youths, or even the professionals, they have to be open to receive the help where you can help them. When I'm invited to come in and speak, whether it's in front of a business group of leaders or a school, the distinguishing factor that I make, because what we teach isn't necessarily revolutionary. You know about self-talk. Yeah. People know these yeah. principles. No, it's just doing yeah. is different, right? Doing, yeah, doing is different. Yeah. And, and we run into so many great parents that live the principles, but they have a hard time mm. maybe with the quote kids. unquote teaching their kids, like their kids yeah. kind of roll their eyes, mom, dad. <laughs> the, uh, the difference that I said is that what coaching is, that's different than management or having a teacher or a parent is that teachers, parents, and management accountability is provided whether you like it or not. You don't get a, a necessarily an option in that relationship, what that accountability looks like. When you are choosing a coach, when you choose coaching, it's you're inviting accountability into your life. Yes. And when accountability is invited, it's incredibly powerful, right? They so invite right. it though. They have to invite it. And so it's got to yeah. be the child's decision or the salesperson, mm -hmm. manager's decision. Yeah. Okay. But people often wonder, why does the accountability work so much better with a coach? And that's it. It's because they invited it in. Like a yeah. personal trainer, when you get to the point where you realize you need that in the gym, yeah. it's invited. Yes, yeah, invited. The manager can't force the professional to do it. The parent can't force the child right. to do it. It exactly. has to be something that they desire and they want the change. So I guess there's a big portion of what you do involves mindset. Yeah, for sure. We talked about the first bucket of what we work on as being skills. The second bucket is mm. mindset and motivation, right? Both. Yeah. And we don't necessarily have people do the Tony Robbins firewalk or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> but we do realize I've had clients who've been just top of their career. There was a guy who'd been in his profession his entire life. He's 60. I don't know, 61, 62. He had the key to the city he lived in. When the mayor gives you the key to the city, it's a really yeah. big deal. I mean, he's a big influencer in that community. He had just had a tremendous career. And when he was engaging in coaching, I said, what, why are you doing this? You've lived a, an incredible life already. You're so well yeah. respected. You're successful. Yeah. And he said, Adam, I, I don't have the fire in my belly that I used to have when I first got into this industry. I, in my 60s, I don't have a clarity of my why and my vision between where I am now and what the rest of my life looks like. It's like a late midlife mm. crisis. Yes. I've lost my vision. And he's like, if someone can help me figure out the vision, I know I've got the skills and the operating systems to be successful. I just need to get clarity on the why and the picture. And so that's part of what we mean when we say mindset is that we have to start with the why, like Simon Sinek brought up or self-awareness, big picture of the vision. Yep. And work from there. Very good. Adam, it was great talking to you. The information yeah. you shared was wonderful. And I wish you all the growth and success. What you're doing in the community, what you're doing for people is definitely appreciated and we need more of it. And COVID was a wake up call for this as well. And more and more people are inviting it in. So that's good news. And also appreciate the fact that you guys agreed to help us promote your episode on your network. That really yeah. makes a big difference to make a bigger impact. And, oh, did you want to mention your podcast quickly as well? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
Is that okay? Yeah, um, please, of course. Yeah, so you can find some of the guests that we interview and uh, two different places for me personally. One is the Action Catalyst, where I'm one of two hosts that get to to meet great individuals. And some of the folks that we meet are Chip Gaines from Chip and Joanna Gaines and Matt Higgins, who's an ex-Shark Tank member. So we just get really incredible awesome. guests. Inside Great Minds is more kind of your different industry and corporate leaders in the community and a little bit more boots on the ground, in some cases, maybe more relatable for listeners. So that's Inside Great Minds Good. and then the Action Catalyst. Both are really great to listen to on your drive or while you're working out. Awesome. So, yeah. uh, I'll check it out as well, Adam. Thank you so much for sharing. Really appreciate it. We just love helping everyone grow wherever we can. And definitely, I can see that the quality must be there in your podcast as well. So we're definitely yeah. looking forward to checking that out. Appreciate you, Adam. Audience, thank you once again for joining another episode. Adam's information will be available in the show notes. Take a look, reach out, see what the, they're doing with youth. If you have anyone that may need help and would like to invite something in to their life to make a dramatic shift, it is definitely a superpower once you change your mindset, once you work on your inner world, once you work on that self-awareness, everything starts changing. It's just so beautiful when you start putting the attention in the mirror and onto yourself and you see how effective you really do become. So thank you so much again, audience, and thank you so much, Adam. Awesome. Thank you for the time. Appreciate the invitation. Thank you.